This is a Visual Audio Times original. So guys, I have with me two very interesting guests. I have Motolani Alake. He is the... Motolani, what position do you have now? Um, Editor of Pulse Nigeria. So he's the editor of Pulse Nigeria. But more importantly, he's the music man at Pulse. So everything that has to do with music, um, and music reporting, music reporter... <laughs> in, in, in Nigeria, right? You need to... You need to if you're not talking to this man... You're not talking to anybody, right? And we also have Excel Joab. This is Excel's first time. Excel, please introduce yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, I go by the name Excel Joab, aka Young Excel, aka the real, aka I'm out of a case. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I uh, as at the time I'm speaking this, I'm currently unemployed. Interesting. It's very interesting. <laughs> Hopefully, when they start listening to this, you're employed. Don't stop. <laughs> Something good also. And we can put that and we can put that in the show notes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we can yeah, put yeah. that in the show notes. But Excel, yeah. so happy to have you here. Glad to uh, be here. most especially because of the album we're breaking down, right? You're yeah. very, very close to the album. So I look forward to your insights. Yeah. Guys, we're breaking down Timaya's true story. It's his debut album, 2007, groundbreaking album. And we're going to go into it real quick. But before we start talking about Timaya or True Story, yeah. let's go back to what Potakot is like, right? And the sounds of Potakot. We all know Timaya is from Bielsa, right? Yeah. Bielsa, however, most of the music formulation, right? Or formation yeah. was done in Potakot. Potakot is a very... When, when it comes to Potakot music, right? I It's, it's very, very um, emotional to me, just like Joss. So people will tell you there are some cities yeah. that are that that just breed the best musicians, right? KD, Kaduna. They'll tell you some of the best rappers come from Kaduna, LD, um, um, OD, Luz Kino, so many guys, right? Yeah. Quara, Ilorintu is another beautiful place, right? Terry yeah. G spent some time there. Tony Tetwila spent some time there. As a, as a student. Yeah, you know, so there's there's that going on there. And of course, there's Joss, J-Town, right? Mm -hmm. So P-Square, you know, the Plantation Boys, B-Elect, you know, and a couple of other guys. Chuck Boys. Yeah. I mean, the Chuck Boys. Come on. We can't, we can't, you can't, you can't forget the Chuck Boys. But Portacourt. Yeah. What was music like in Portacourt in the, and let's start from 1999. Um, so... My experience, my experience with Portacourt uh, comes from living in Aba, which is like an hour away from Portacourt, right? I did my primary school in Aba. My father is, was a pastor in Winners Chapel then, but I, he was so good at his shit. You know, churches in PH would always invite him over for, and me then, my father driving, and I get to sit in the car. It don't set. I'm 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 good because you know Lakazara and Gala is sure or plantain chips is sure. I'm gonna blast some Panam Percy Paul on the way. It's a good ride. It's a good. It's a, that's a great day. Yeah. So we would always enter PH. And one thing I noticed going to for those church programs then right is, um. You know how churches have choirs and yeah. choirs would do special number and but in PH then 
after the choir, they are still members of the audience because on average, every church had at least five, six, seven independent mm. musicians. Mm. They were not necessarily gospel musicians, mm. but they would all have one God song or two God songs <laughs> that they can sing in church. And if you have one of those songs that picks up and blows up, then you can get invited to other churches to perform, which eventually would happen to Timaya with Ogologoma. So yeah, so growing up, when I now when I now finished my primary school in Aba, my dad was like, "Okay, where are you going to do your secondary school?" Because I wrote a bunch of com- uh, entrance exams <laughs> in Jos, in KD, in Abuja, a bunch, and I wrote Navy as well. And I passed Navy, and my father was like, "Look, I would really like it if you all go to PH." I was like, "It's done. Let's go." So I went to PH. Um, and at the time I got into PH, I think that was the first time I really saw this culture of like young boys just stay together on the road and start singing or freestyling. I had never, it's only in films I see that kind of shit. I saw it real life in PH. I saw it in school from just one. You know, boys were forming small, small cliques. And uh, I was even in a clique of Hustlers Inc. I be the rap that year. <laughs> young Excel, come on. <laughs> so, but that culture of music has always been ingrained with them. And it's in different layers, in different tiers. There is the Gyration music. High life. It's, this, no, this one is not high life. Now there's high life music that's there. Then there's the gyration that they just carry. Um, Kegai's music. Kegai's music for, for a better you know phrase. Yeah, yeah. Kegai's music. They just be it jubilating. High life and selling music. Yeah, just be jubilating. And that thing, it was so big in PH when I, when I entered PH because there were times we would sneak out of school <laughs> to go. Maybe someone's father has a... Has a party or the parents have a party but we're in school and the parents would know that their child is coming even though their child is not supposed to. like when we sneak out and go I, me coming from the kind of home I came from I, I know that if I do this shit my parents will beat my ass but they're like, oh you made it okay what <laughs> what and this was just for the love of the music this is just for the love of the music so PH people have always had that um, music thing going on they've Great. always had it yeah mm-hmm. thanks for that backstory Excel Portacot music from 1999 till now, right? To just do a quick recap of it. Yeah. I think, you know, you see right now the Omalays, the Burner Boys, the Ajebo Hustlers, right? Coming from that era. And you appreciate the music, but you have to also understand the influences these guys have gotten, right? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Frank De Niro, Specimen A, you know, that spawned out M-Trail, you know, talk tight. Shout out to Andre Blaze, Lyric Carl, right? Yeah. So whether it was hip-hop, it was jazz, it was pop music, it was reggae, it was dancehall, you had those artists fully representing those genres. Yeah. Muma G, right? Remember Kade? Yeah. It's a classic record, right? That's PH. Mm-hmm. You know, all the indispensables. Did a record with Junior Reed. Shout out to Grafton Records. Out to Grafton Records. Shout out to Big T. Mm-hmm. Portacord had everything when it comes to music. Like, yeah. they could literally just pick... You could represent Nigerian music from PH and take it international. Yeah, mm. they would. And they had, the best thing about Portacord is that they had a lot of range. So each era had representation, like adequate representation, or like Lagos or like other parts of the Southwest or even in the East where mm. sounds come in eras. Portacord at every point in time, every genre had representation. I remember speaking with... Um, P.D. Picasso, and he was telling me about the culture in Portacourt, not just, like, people do not understand how big reggae was in the South-South. 
the reggae was so big that in Aquaibon, for example, people people didn't listen to anything at some point in the nineties. They were just listening to reggae. Mm. So and those things that has spread across the southwest. And the good thing is it was talking about gospel the other time. All of them in their albums, you will hear God. Yeah. You will hear this person. Yeah. You will hear hip hop. A lot of hip hop. You will hear the person that's vocalizing. You will hear the reggae in the influence of reggae, and you see the the raga in the way they are flowing. All those things were there. So I think that's the greatest blessing that they have. They don't discriminate against any sound mm. at any point in time. Everything coexists in equally the same space. represented. Yeah. yeah, great. Let's listen to the first song and the first single of True Story. It's actually called Timaya. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
brothers and sisters, Team Aya, Team Aya, Team Aya. All the bad channels, Team Aya. All the good people, Team Aya. All the uncle, them Team Aya. My fellow musicians, Team Aya. Everybody just say, Team Aya, say Team Aya, say Team Aya. Brothers and sisters, Team Aya, say Team Aya, Team Aya. All the Christians say, Team Aya, say Team Aya, say Team Aya. Mama and Papa say Timaya, Uncle and Mama say Timaya. First time, I remember I was at my neighbor's place. Shout out to Tine, Tine in Zizi. He was schooling at the University of Madonna. You know, I had come back from the Southwest. I was in Lauren at the time, and I had come back from school as well. And, you know, we're just hanging out, right? And he's just playing this song, and he's playing the whole album, right? But this song keeps coming up. And I'm like, wait, who's this guy? Like, you keep playing. He said, haven't you heard of Timaya? Hmm. You know, then shows me the album cover. Then I said, look at the album cover. <laughs> Very strange, you know? I'm like, you know, and this is me, student of the game. Yeah. Very artistic, right? Yeah. When you make music, you probably have a very, different you know, perspective. different perspective. The album cover is really cool and artistic. This but you just have rugged. this guy with his t-shirt open. Rugged. His collar flying. And he's sweating and he just, and I'm listening to the music and he's like, call me team. A but one thing I of the town. One, <laughs> really? Yes. Yeah. One thing I did notice was the music was really good. Yeah. You know, and it got me stuck and I bought the album and I took it back to listen to the album. <clears throat> Let's break down this song. I think it's a perfect way to introduce yourself, you know, into the music the music space, right? Yeah. There isn't a better way, right? You, your name is literally the name of no the song. Single. And the chorus yeah. says, they, they call, call me Timaya. Yeah. What do you think, Tolani? I remember listening to, I, I read an article in The Sun in two thousand and. And the headline for the article, I'll never forget, was the money that I got 700000 for my debut album. I bought a power bank and I rented an apartment and the money finished. <laughs> it's my, I, I'll never forget. And he said that when Danko went to sell, I mean, when, the, when he went to pitch the album to the person that bought it, the moment the person heard the intro and the person saw, the person heard the first record, the person was like, I don't want to listen to anything again. I'm not listening to anything again. Hmm. Give me the album. Because it was different from everything that we that we had heard in Lagos up to that point. Maybe not different. It was like a it was like a refined version of everything that we had experienced. For example, we talk a lot about like the Nigerian pop era, Afrobeats era. Mm -hmm. The sound before this place, before this album was pretty fragmented. It was very fragmented. A lot of hip-hop, hip-hop influence hits, mm -hmm. R&B influence hits. Then there was the Ajigule Boys at the time at some point. Mm -hmm. Then we had people like OJB. Mm -hmm. Then we had um, Yahuze, mm -hmm. Yeah. This album was a representation of the streets. A represent and don't forget, there was the era of them, Kevin Little mm -hmm. and Wayne Wonder. Yeah. Yeah. This sound is from that era as well. Dancehall. Dancehall. Reggaeton. Yeah. Um, Daddy Yankee, all those people. This album packed a punch by, that by defining the earliest form in the most refined way of Nigerian street, street up. That was what this thing represented. And to be honest, this is my favorite song on the album. I remember this album dropped, I think, in Q3. But it started blowing up. I grew up in Akure. It started blowing up. My older cousin was the one that bought it, Jumoke. She bought it and she was winding her waist to the song. I'm like, who the fuck is this? It was at the same time that Buga was trending. If you remember very well, yeah. Buga was trending in the southwest. Shout time. out to Buga. Shout out to Buga. And so the album, the Buga album, Yaoze album, 
Was this the same year? I think yeah, it was the same, same era. Same the, era Yauze, yeah. the Yauze album was trending at the same time. And it was just different. There was something about this sound that nobody could pinpoint. Like, the Ajegunle boys, they were doing all this. Yeah, they were but doing it was this dance different. Song, but this was so yeah. refined because it was speaking in Nigerian language. Yes. And everybody, everybody couldn't but lose themselves in the sound. That was what it was. Hmm. You're right. You, you mentioned something now, right? So this sound is usually accompanied with some sort of reggae or yeah, raga, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And no, he's just speaking English yeah. or pigeon, right? Yeah. Which is clean. It's different. Yeah. Where were you when you heard this record? I was in secondary school, Nigerian Navy Secondary School, Portacord, Visiting Day. Shout out to my guy, Osags. His mom came to us. This is my guy, Osags. Anytime his mom comes, she knows the squad. She knows all of us. So she cooks for the whole squad and she plays music. So she just parked the car, played this song, and everybody was like, what, 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 what? So, but people, the PH people among us, like the people that had grew up in PH already knew who Timaya was. They had been performing in bars, local clubs, and stuff like that. So they were like, ah, finally, this guy don't get um, this kind of song. And the Mossack's mom was not there. This song is blowing up on the outside, though. This song is like, like every junction I pass, every, you know how back then, every junction, there's a place they sell CDs. Yeah, yeah. Like, everywhere. yeah. I, I miss that. She was like, I, really I, I, I do, I do. She was like, everywhere we pass now, you will hear this song. This song is really blowing That's up. That's when you really could feel the temperature, right? That's why you could, like, you could understand what they shit say. Yeah. Like, because like, everybody is, literally be playing it. Yeah, you, everybody. You, you could hear it. In and, streets. and this song is goated, you know, because one, it encouraged a lot of pH acts. For the, I think for the first time in a long time, pH acts knew, understood because this song entered Lagos. It crossed. Yeah. So when it crossed, everybody was like, "Oh, it can happen. It's not a, it's not, it's not a dream. We'll, it's something." We'll get there. We'll so get there it, with it happened. Album. And then, um, I remember when, um, let me that's another way to show you how a song can be very big. My dad doesn't listen to secular music like that, except he's on the road or on TV and stuff like that. I remember the first time my dad heard "Am I Safe." We were going somewhere and they played it on radio. And he had that call me and he was like, is he not copying that Timaya guy? <laughs> you know, it didn't stick to me then, but that's that's impact right there. Yeah. That's yeah. impact. So that's how Yeah, because really MI sampled it yeah, and saved. Yeah. They yeah. call me Emaya. Just, Just because, because I'm getting Naya. Yeah. Yeah. I'm spitting fire. <laughs> and I'm sitting on some rags of my Mizaya. I killed them, yeah. Mama, them, Papa. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. dope. That's the shout out to Emma Baga. Yeah. We can't go further into this album without touching the production. Yeah. yeah. It, we usually don't start off, you know, discussing production when we review albums, but yeah. the production on this album is so significant, right? That if you place Timaya with another producer, this this whole album probably doesn't even get the recognition, right? Or the impact it gets. Yeah. So I want us to just move to the chief architect of this album, Solomon Oyeni, aka K Solo. Quick backstory of K-Solo, right? K-Solo, young producer, grew up in the church, almost like every other, you know, gifted, talented producer, right? Has, yeah. like, history with the church. Um, starts to work with Paul Play, um, Paul Play, Paul Aikidairo, yeah. a.k.a. Paul Play, right? As an intern, you know, and starts to make records for Paul Play. He's credited to making Forever, the R&B classic. He's credited to working with Sonny Neji, you know, then he... Luckily, is a judge on a talent show. Yeah. Right? Um, thanks to Sound Sultan, who drags him in. RIP to Sound Sultan. RIP. And he meets Timaya, and that's where their relationship literally begins. You know, gets some money, sets up his studio, 
and starts making the beats. You know, so Timaya is not... He, he, Wait, Timaya won that talent show, right? No, he no, didn't. He, didn't. he didn't lost mean. because he lost his voice oh. at the fin- finals. So he was heartbroken, you know, whatever. And, and they're making this, like, really good music together, right? And he says Timaya is just spitting off the doom. All he needs is, like, a clap. Mm. And once he gets his clap and Kesulu is on the boards making the music. The powerful thing about this music is this is the birth of this sound of music that we define as tile-tile, yeah. that grew yeah. on to become the yeah. tile-tile kind of music. I miss, that was, I miss tile-tile music. That basically then grew into a version of street hop, right? Yeah. So adopted by Terry G, Sam Clef, um, Hadi- some, some part yeah. of Hadiza, yeah. some part of Dekumzi, yeah. some yeah. part of Jay Martins. Yeah. Yeah. They all took elements yeah. of this sound. Yeah. Yeah. How did K-Solo come up with this sound, Tolani? K-Solo has said it severally that um, that Timaya changed him. He has said it several. Hmm. That's Timaya, that Timaya influenced him. That's what they have said several times. He even said it on the Lustock episode. Hmm. That Timaya influenced me. Um, the thing with this album was, I think, I did produce the Charlie Boy album before this? No. That was later. The album, the sound at the time was different. He was a pianist. And this... The, the music wasn't exactly um how do I how do I how do I describe it? Like your melodious kind of No, no, it was melodious. Yeah. It was melodious. It was just a different type of I said it the other time, dancehall, reggaeton, everything. Timaya was coming from a town where it was a potpourri of sounds. Mm. He came and brought the sound from the West by presenting the Timaya sound in a different way from his perspective. Because Timaya used to rap. Because Timaya used to rap. Now he, you know, Kesori is a Yoruba person. Yeah, he grew yeah. up in Lagos. Them boys from Ajegunle were here. This Ajegunle sound is on this album. Yeah, yeah it Lagos, is. It it's is. on this album. Yeah. Now, the dancehall that was from this area is on this album. And this was the era where only one producer was producing all the album. Most of, most of the time, one producer is producing all the album. You know, I love that era. It was Can we bring that era back? <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> I need that era back. You see, no, <laughs> but you, you, you see it on Essence, right? I'm yeah. sorry, um, um, Made in Lagos, Lagos, right? Yeah. P2J, P2J handles P2J, almost yeah. everything, Even right? Me, African Jam. Helps with cohesion. African giant. Honestly, I need it back. Why, 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 what's going on? What's so, happening? What happened in this area is that there's a lot of trusted producers. Mm. That's the, it's a gift on the cross. Trusted producers or yeah. there weren't a lot of producers. And so access to producers were limited. So if you were going to work with one person, you probably work with one person throughout, mm. right? Mm. I think it was a thing of trusted producers. I don't think there was, it was, it was, a, it was the absence of quality producers. I think when people form... Um, when people form synergy with a particular producer, it was difficult for them to depart from that producer, especially when it was giving you what you wanted. Yeah. Like, Paul Play produced the entire Tony Tesla debut. Everything. He produced it. Everything. So he wasn't incapable of producing. Mm. He found forever in a studio. And he said, I trust this guy. Mm. You are going to work on my album. Make with it go. It wasn't because he couldn't produce it. Yeah. He could have listened to it and go to, to recreate it. Yeah. No, he didn't. He was trust. So K-Solo creates a whole like subgenre yeah. that goes on to, to rule the airways for another decade. This is incredible. So now, why, why, don't we, why don't we worship it, this it, guy? It's crazy because like I like how Tolani mentioned how um, parts of the Ajegulin sound at the time was in this album, right? Then this album comes out and also Changes influences Ajegulin. Exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. It does. It does. So this... Tr- this, so we talk about like the era we founded. We found our hip hop. We found our pop sound with this. This album was 
No, Yahuze was the first one. No, Yahuze. See, Yahuze I think there are the different elements one. of like pop. So, yeah. so you said Dibanji's entertainer is like yeah. pop music. Yeah. Yeah. Olumenten is like pop music. Pop music. This is this. If, if, we, if, we, if we if we want to be like your new digital streaming platforms that give everything <laughs> genres now, yeah. we will call this traditional pop. Shekwetari 1.0. Do you understand? <laughs> I'll call it traditional pop because yeah. this is pop music yeah. that has like all the elements, but really you can dance to hmm. this in the club. Yeah. Traditional pop. Yeah. Americana. Bluegrass. <laughs> Bluegrass. <laughs> we, call it, we call this one green grass. <laughs> I think it's brilliant of a producer and it takes so much effort and like mental fortitude to create your own subgenre that is adopted by three or like five or what am I talking about? Hundreds of other producers, right? For another decade. And I, why I think K-Solo plays an important role in this album, it's not just the production of the music, right? He's, he, you can literally tell he's a and the whole music. Yeah. You can hear his background vocals. On, on, the, on the Timaya record we Fox. just heard yeah. now, you hear his whole... You know, he, you hear his vocals everywhere, Facts. right? Facts. And on Dem Mama, which we're going to produce, which I think is the Tilly which is the Tilly Tilly 1.0. Yeah. It is the, what's, what, what the scientists call it? Um, the it's the prototype. It's the prototype, prototype of mm. all that music. I think Dem Mama is the prototype of all that music. And you can literally hear him constructing and guiding and the, on the record. Yeah, he's making all the adlibs. He's doing everything. So he, it means that Tamara drops the vocals and everything, and he's mixing the records and then he's going back to the mic and saying, oh, we need to put this here. Oh, we need to put that here to just make it, you know, more mm. animated. I think it's just brilliant. Like, it blows my mind. It's just, is is K-Solo in your top five? Excel. K-Solo. Does he make your top five producers ever? Of, of all time. Top 10. Okay, let me, let, me, let me pull it out to top 10. I don't want to put you under pressure. No, no, no. Top five, he would, actually. Hmm. He would. And there might be biased to my reason. Hmm. I grew up, you know, mm-hmm. th- these albums really influenced me growing up in PH. So yeah. there might be biased, but yeah, he's there. Hmm. Tolani. No, it, w- it wouldn't make it. Um, I'm sorry. I think it would probably be around like number eight for me. Number eight is not bad. Number eight is not bad. Because when you even look at this album, the real Kisulu hadn't emerged. This album, it got to a point where you could feel like it was recreating some of the earlier sounds. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Going forward, Kisulu wasn't doing that. It became anymore. a monster. It became a monster because by the time he was producing Kokoroko, it was something else. By the time he was producing... It was something he had else. He had evolved. Clever J's Connie Connie Love. Thank you. He had named the Connie Monster. Oh, Daru. Yeah. The sound Oh was... my God. Tile Tile music. Like range. Tile Tile music, but we range. See, K-Solo was so influential. Banky W recording his second album Thank had you. dragged the whiskey to the studio to record, um, um, what's the name of that record? Uh, Back Up Your Bumper. Exactly. Like, like that's how big K-Solo was. Like Banky was like, okay, my second album, I need a K-Solo record. Yeah. Hmm. Let's listen to Dem Mama, which is, have we all agreed, the prototype of Tile Tile music? I think, uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. I say you don't come yo 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 Somebody say we're 
solo is a genius yes he he's using a keyboard to create all these sounds yeah. the kicks the hi-hats everything yeah production at the time so it was the earliest version so you could only produce on like maybe two that were popular in nigeria so it was raisin it was fruity loops and it was um, logic yeah the thing we interesting the that time. reason and logic today are rappers <laughs> The best oh thing about um, FL Studio was you could find everything. Everything it had a lot of plugins, and the good thing is you could bring in all your 
um, all your all your tones, all your effects, and bring it in as packs into the app. Mm. But we reason it was so complicated and logic. They were so complicated to use. I most people could use it. But for instrumentalists, once you could hack them, especially yeah. reason, you are great. So what this guy was doing was he was playing some of those things. Like you know when you are loading beats on a sampling machine. You have to play dun, 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 and then you then load. So they were vertical beats from were, the software. Exactly. So you export it and then layer it. So it was doing the hard work. It was grafting. This was not the era where you could replicate it easily. Like mm. where you load it. So he'll play like a loop. He'll play like an eight-bar loop. Exactly. Then he can then copy and paste. Export it. Then so where he wants it towards the to the end of the beat, he has to then layer, 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 layer. Does that make sense? Mm. So he has to copy, lift it, paste it. Mm. Lift it, paste it. Mm. Lift it, paste it. Yeah. So you couldn't recreate it. Yeah. Or no. you could just copy two, then then copy and paste. Then you're doing by four. Exactly. Anyways, not to get too technical for our <laughs> listeners. I got too technical a bit. Um, the oh. mama, the song itself, right? It's such an important song, yeah, right? Timaya is. is basically talking about the Odi massacre that happened in, um, you know, November 19, 1999, right? Where yeah. um, the Nigerian military, um, you know. R- r- placed an attack, basically, yeah. on um, the Ijo town of Odi in Bayelsa State. Um, now, the attack came in context of um, the ongoing conflict that yeah. was you know, happening in the Niger, Niger Delta over the indigenous rights uh, to oil resources and environmental um, protection. Um, the military has often denied, you know, and, and defended the action, rather, not denied, defended the action, saying they were ambushed on their way to Odi. There are different, you know, sides to the story. This is a young artist. Yeah. His first album. Yeah. His second single. Political Conscious. Fam. Like, I think the only people who have replicated this, or who did this, rather, not replicate, was probably African China yeah. and a few mm. other artists that came from the Amor Dauphin, Ajegunle, yeah. you know, era. This guy is coming from Portacot. You're coming into Lagos, you're trying to blow, and your second single is basically saying... F the government. Yeah, <laughs> literally. That's that's some takes some big cajones to do that, man. Yeah, but the, the streets fucked with anybody who was bold enough to say F the government. This was the era for it. Yeah, the streets fucked with that. So if you hmm. if you were bold enough to say F the government, yeah. people respected you a lot. Back then, artists still pretended to have integrity. <laughs> like now, wow. I remember one tweet that you tweeted when Bonaboy re- re- recorded Wahala Day and people were destroying him, so uh, to speak. Bonaboy recorded while at the about October 2020 massacre. Yeah. And people were saying, oh, you didn't do this, but you are now recording a song for this. Yeah. You tweeted that sometimes music is about documenting what was happening. Yeah. If not for Timaya Stemama, most people wouldn't know about the massacre. I did not know. Most people I think know. I still even called you because he called, I think you called me after that tweet and I told him a story. So still in secondary school, um, I'm in my friend's house. We're on mid-term break. I'm in my friend's house, Obina Chaga, And... He's, he's from Anambra, but his father was doing his birthday. So the father had a lot of Potter Court men, you know, every, a lot of niggas around. Sha. We were just young boys that time. They give us juice and meat. More good day, all right. But they were playing. He was getting into the evening, and they were now playing, and the DJ now played this song. And I start to see grown-ass men holding their bottles, you know, moving and crying, hmm. you know. And ask, I'm asking my guy, Obina, like, what? The fuck is this shit? You know, this is not Bedu now. Why? <laughs> Why are they crying? You know, and he's like, this thing that Timaya is singing about is a real story that even him, you know, his father gave him the story about the Odi massacre. And that's a real story. It's something that really happened in real life. And probably this man might be people that are from that town or know people that died or something. Lost that fam- kind of probably history. lost family. So that documentation 
was very important. And, and you know, the, 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 the scary thing about it is that when Timaya dropped the record, the massacre had just happened eight years before. Yeah. yeah. Not 20, not 30, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Just eight years before. Yeah. And so with the poor documentation and history, lack of history in yeah. our schools, a lot of young people have no access to what has, history. you know, yeah. history basically. Yeah. So if you were probably five years old then, and you, you probably weren't watching the TV, and, you know, you're now, what, 16 yeah. mm. or, or, or whatever, like eight years, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, or 14 rather, eight years later, yeah, or nine years later, right? You are, you probably don't know it, yeah. right? Yeah, you don't. And so it's important for creators, right? Especially artists, because their music kind of travels the farthest, yeah. or their art kind of travels the farthest, to really try and document Facts. and put history yeah. in their music. Yeah. I think what is brilliant here is he makes it a club record as well. Yeah, conscious baby. How did this position Timaya as an artist? I think it 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 played a lot because. One thing here I want to bring up is the arrangement of the album. Mm. Track one, Bedu. Track two, Madness. Mm. I mean, if you're listening to, I don't know how people consume albums these days, but back then you had to play it as it was arranged. There was no skipping. There was no, <laughs> you don't just go, some of you weirdos that just go from sure. track one and go to, no, yeah. you don't. So when you listen there to was, those. There was no playlist. <laughs> so when you listen in that arrangement, track one, you are blown away. Track mm. two, someone is singing about something this serious mm. and it's actually a conscious jam. And then again, the songwriting on this song, right? He has he tells he tells the story in the beginning. I think there's a bridge where he's like, poverty no good at all. You know, that era now, that's what people people were poverty music was still moves anyway, but that was the peak era of suffering music, you know, with the hungry, with the suffer. So Timaya just told you a story about how the government basically crept into a village and murdered people. And he goes on to tell her, look, man, poverty is not good because there's nobody that could have stood up for these people or told these people. To them, to the government, these are like some poor people in a village. They're expendable. Mm. The songwriting on this, on, this, on this song is actually very brilliant. It kind of radicalized Timaya just a bit, right? Because the album cover, you know, he came out, he, he looked like a rough artist, yeah, you know, this guy who doesn't give a damn about yeah. anything. And he's talking about like the Odimaska, he's yeah. fearless, you know, he's very brave. Um, uh, how do you think, do you think that was a strategy or he was just being honest and raw? This album is a 360 experience in three things. Multiplicity, duplicity, and identity. Break, break that down for us. Multiplicity in the sense of, he was talking about different things on this album. Yeah. So the things, the topics on this album, that was the multiplicity angle where, mm-hmm. but the, uni- the, the both the multiplicity was united by the duality and the identity because the duality is from two sides. It's a it's a Bayasa indigenous that grew up in Port Harcourt. Yeah. So the the, the, they marry. the sound, the all those things, the unification yeah. of that and the sound in the topics, in the lingo, in the slangs. Yeah. In the things I was talking about, the reality. For example, Port Harcourt, Bayasa is a calm town. Very. It's a very calm town. Mm. It's low key. Nobody fights anybody. No. Different places, but it's low-key. Even though there are different ethnic, ethnic groups, but they are very low-key compared to Port Harcourt where you had the traffic, yeah. where you had the bully everywhere. People were, they were, they were not, it was like Lagos of the South when you look at it critically. The, the identity part is, is the one that unifies everything because from the cover art, none of these things that Timaya said on this album were known as reality. Mm. You could you everything from the cover art. Everything in this album, there is the authenticity. Reality. The authenticity, exactly. Mm. Everything will everything on this album is authentic. And the good thing about the record that the Mamada Excel was saying is once you put anything 
anything, once you can put anything that people can relate with in the clubs and they can dance to it, either it's a diss record, either it's about you are dissing the government, Mr. Lecturer, where you're talking about corrupt lecturers, anything, when people can dance to it, you have immortalized the record. And, and don't forget where you then put the onomatopoeia. They mm. don't keep them. Mm. Mama, Mama, Papa, people love that shit. Yeah. And Istimaya, Istimaya, then what? What? Are, what then comes to my mind is so there is there is there is there is like um, it's it, it's a type of a set of artists in Nigeria where they can rhyme things together. Mm. They can make things. Two Face can be like that, but it's not exactly like it's from the R and B era. Mm. So the pop guys, Timaya, Wandeko, Bonaboy, Peruzi, all these guys. They are the ones that can rhyme this. That Timaya was the first person that brought that style. It's a style. Yeah. It's a style of delivery. Yeah. Like, it's like there's the, the, the slurry type of rap that B.I.G. That that, B. I, I was going was to rapping. say that this thing that Timaya, that thing comes from hip-hop. Everybody at that hmm. time was consuming a shit ton of hip-hop hmm. in this country. Everybody. Hmm. And Timaya was rapping before. I mean... I mean, we we hmm. all know the genesis and the foundation of Afrobeats is hip-hop. Oh, 1,000%. Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. Let's talk about the lyrics, and we've already touched on it, right? Yeah. I think it's like very honest. If you yeah. listen to the whole album, he's just been very honest. There's no charades. There's no oh, I'm 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 trying to position myself. Oh, this is what I'm. No, he's like yeah. this is me. It's also very raw. Mm-hmm. You know, this is me. This is how I think. This is my thought process, right? And and like you mentioned, it's at some point very gospel-like. Yeah. As well, you know, he's giving thanks to God <laughs> that he's alive, but he's also telling us that poverty is a real thing. You mm-hmm. know, then he's also reminding us of what you know people have done to his people. Yeah, like it's it's just raw, authentic, honest. I love it. Song made him a legend in Biasa instantly. One thousand. They were playing the sh- the shit the shit out of that song in Biasa back then. Yeah, and you know the interesting thing is the. My name is Timaya. The Timaya song and yeah. the Demama song, very similar. Yeah. Almost the same style. You know, yeah. style and, um, and breakdown. Yeah. You could literally sing on Demama, right? You could literally say, my name is Timaya. And yeah. Same beat pattern. That's the yeah. thing. That's the thing about K-Solo. He had not he had, he, he, I think he hacked a side to, to himself. Mm. Like before, he was playing in churches, all that. Yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a Lagos boy, it was a Yoruba boy. But then he hacked something with this album yeah. that he fine-tuned later. Later on, the other mm. albums. In terms of like honesty and just being like gospel, like let's listen to uh, True Story, the title mm. track of the album.
this life people body, yo I remember one man he promised me, yo If he tell me, say he go help me, yo Come today, now come tomorrow, Jai I come tired, oh Waiting I go to my brother, oh no Now waiting I the final, oh get it, yo All the promises that be voice made, yo Hey, I, I'm tired for life, oh Waiting I the final, confuse, yo Hey, I, make you look at me, go, if I did lie, don't ever go. Hey, I, what I can't even go. If I did lie, make you swallow me. Waiting at the fine, waiting at the fine, waiting at the waiting at the waiting at the fine, waiting at the fine, waiting at the fine, waiting at the waiting at the fine. This is my story, this is my song. My mama told me, so you got to be strong. Everybody wanna back again, hey, back again. Hey, this one hey, is a really hey, true story. Hey, my God, don't come to bring another to me. Remember the time I started the journey. Relative and friends, all of them, they avoid me. Thinking of how I started before. You and you, they abused me before. Now I done the make them small, small. Relative and friends, I don't the wrong call. She be now you, they call me the fufu. Tell them, me sir, I done the cool. Your family and friends, they are smoking. This is my story. This is my story. This Let's talk. Yeah. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the impact of this album. Chart topping. Made it blew up in Lagos. It was new. It was fresh, right? It was raw. It became like the blueprint for like a lot of other artists to you know pick yeah. up on. It it created a pli- pipeline for artists coming from the south, south and the east. Duncan Mighty, yeah. Wakonzi, yeah. Ah. Wizboy, ah. Don Tom, right? He created a like a bridge, and these guys were able to then drive into Lagos to further that sound, yeah. you know, yeah. courtesy of Timaya. One thing, and I want you guys to talk about the impact, but I want to talk about it in the context of there's one thing, right, that 
didn't happen for him. The media didn't embrace him. People didn't fuck with Timaya. To keep it real, right? Alaba blew him up. He became big on the streets. Everybody started playing the records. K Solo said it in an interview. Nobody wanted to play their mama. Nobody wanted to play My Name is Timaya. They were like, what? He said, Olisa, who was working at Cool FM at the time, said, I can't play this shit on radio. Nobody's going to listen to this shit. But it was DJ Bombastic. Mm-hmm. Star FM. <laughs> DJ Bombastic. And there's this whole story I can give you how DJ, DJ Bombastic oh, solo, mm. right? Solo. Oh, Blue, clever, just Connie Connie love. Oh, like, there's a whole story there. But how was Timaya able to do it without the media's help? Um, well, Alaba is there. There's Alaba. And back then, huh, this is a very good question because now it leads me to music discovery, right? So you know how now you, you need to go listen to the big, if you're an average music listener, you listen to the music playlists or the radios yeah. to, to find what's popping. And now radio didn't support him because radio was also big then. I think it's just the streets, basically. The streets carried it because the music was too good. The music was for them. The music was for them. I don't think at that time nobody, anybody was making that level of... Not that nobody was making street movies, but that level of genius with the production. Everything came alive. The production comes alive. The, you're hearing what he's saying and it creates imageries in your head. Right, especially that, like that their mama song we played. You know, he's breaking it down. They go here, they did this, they did that, they shoot, they kill our mama, they born house. He's giving you a story. And people were able to connect in different ways. And of course, the poverty theme was there. Even from the album cover, the guy looks like someone that's struggling. You know, he's rugged. Everything about that album screams, fuck the mainstream and with the streets and with the people. Everything about that album. So I think that really carried the album. I'm sure that even though a lot of the people that didn't play the album, maybe on radio or the powers that be that didn't want it in the mainstream space, were playing it in their cars, playing mm. it in their houses because the music was too good. It was. I don't think Timaya expected to blow on this album. Hmm. That's my hot take. He just, he just wanted to put out music. I don't even think he expected to blow... To, to to get to the depths of the Southwest. That will explain the album cover. They're no scent. <laughs> They're really no scent for the album cover. <laughs> I think they, they just made music to introduce him. He mm. wanted to introduce himself. No mm. PR, no rollouts. Yeah. Because there was not a lot of... You couldn't see... There was not... Nobody was taking him on radio tours. He wasn't on any interviews. No PR, no rollouts. The interview rollouts. that I was talking about was like 2008. That mm. was like... Um, that was like a year after the album had dropped. Yeah. And blown up. And blown up. Exactly. So what really blew this album? All of us didn't discover this this um, album via radio. You know what blew this album? I think Word we're going to say the same thing. Word of mouth and just the CDs. That's mm. one. The gatekeeping was yeah. so reduced, right? Because mm. the CDs CDs were flying, yeah. right? Yeah. Remember the guys who used to just, like, carry the CDs? Yes. The or you just go to Every street local, had one CD. You go to your local CD guy. Yeah. He's playing the record. You're like, yeah. the record is... Ah, now the new exactly. one, Otimaya. You don't know. so cheap. Nine the odds. Under now. 150 bucks. Under now. At the time. Damn. It was 100 there. Damn. <laughs> the video versions were the 150. Damn. <laughs> so it was 100 there. One like a Sarah. 
music is so undervalued even today. So I was I also I bought this album on on iTunes. Yeah. Um the album we're playing now and I bought it for 1500 naira. I shouldn't be buying this classic body of work for anything less than 50000 naira. Hmm. And 50000 if you convert dollars cheap. So I'll put it in context of um, in dollars, I shouldn't buy this album for anything less than two hundred, hundred or two hundred dollars. It's classic music, but I'm buying it for a one thousand five. What's one? I don't want to calculate one. That's less than three dollars. So because music is music is music it's is so bad. It's mass market product. It's mm. so bad. So the more the numbers, the more the potential. They have the, the better the affordability, the more chance of circulation. So mm. that's why it's like that. But the thing about going back to what's this Timaya thing, I, I think so playlisting. Playlisting. Three records were huge on playlists. I remember speaking with DJ KYS last year and was talking about it in my era. That people were so you create a playlist, right? Mm-hmm. And go and give it to, to people in Alaba. Yeah. If Timaya was not on it, three records, their mama, Timaya, and Ogologoma, if they were not there, your friends will tell you to go and put it there. Your friends with CD mixes, I mean, yeah. CD mixes. CD mixes, yeah. DJ yeah. mixes. Yeah. Yeah. The original playlist. The original playlist. Yeah. They were the ones, they were the greatest evangelists of Nigerian music before social media. Yep. Before they were yep. getting to the depths because Lagos radio, you couldn't hear it in Akure. Yeah. Akure radio, you couldn't hear it in Lagos. Mm. The only thing that was circulating the country was DJ, DJ mixes. Was DJ mixes, yeah. Damn. And the albums themselves. And then Timaya's performances. Hmm. Anywhere he went, yeah, you would, would become a believer that night. He would kneel down, he would, would raise his hands to the sky. It was very gospel like. Mm-hmm. He just adapted that whole gospel, yeah. you know, performance feature yeah. and, you know, included it Till into now. his own performance. So now, yeah. anytime Jemaya is performing, he closes the show with Amen, Amen. Yes, All yes. of you here, Holy Ghost, fire. All that thing. Yeah. Because he's, he's, he still believes in his God. He carries it on his head. Is this album a classic? It 1, is. 1,000%. It is. 1,000%. Right. It is. 1,000%. No, because no that we, 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 we keep talking about, again, I'm going to go back to the, what's defines Nigerian pop music. There are five, there are four horsemen. Then there, there are two albums that are sort of underlying albums. This album was the first one. The second album was Congresso. The third one was Wandekos Bushiti Moves. The fourth one was um, The Band Entertainer. But the two underlying albums are then Yahuze and, and um, Superstar by Whiskey. Those are the two ones that are sort of in there. You yeah. could give them credit, yeah. but you can't give them the credit that you are giving to those four albums. Yeah. Yeah. So when it comes down to it, this album is not just a classic. It's legacy. It's culture. It's, it's an album that defines sound and genre. It's, the, it's a progeny of sounds in its own way. Mm-hmm. So you can't just say that this is, a, this is not a classic. This is um, Illmatic. This is a foundational, <laughs> foundational body of work. <laughs> The foundation of <laughs> <laughs> right. that's 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 a Twitter joke. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, there's no better way than to end this session, right? Thank yeah. you so much, Excel. Thank yeah. you so much, Motolani. Salute. Than to play Ogologoma.
was produced by Osagi Alonge, audio mixed by Lord Phil, and is distributed by Visual Audio Times.